The little boy had naturally a good deal of that simple faith that is one of the most beautiful characteristics of childhood. But his training had been to some extent along the lines marked out in certain periodicals that contain departments in which mothers are instructed how to deal with children and in which sage advice is given by young men and young women under names not their own as to the training of youngsters. Young as he was, the little boy had been denied pretty much all the romance that belongs to childhood. For him, the beautiful story of Santa Claus, with all the associations that belong thereto, had been shattered. The grandmother deplored it and wept over it during the long watches of the night, but you know about these grandmothers with their antiquated ideas and their old-fashioned notions. The mother had been caught in the net laid for the ignorant by so-called scientists, and she regarded her own views, which were far from being her own, as of the utmost importance. The youngster yearned to believe the tales told by Uncle Remus, but his mother managed to keep the wings of his imagination clipped as close as those of a chicken that we desire to keep from flying over the garden fence. One thing about the stories that he failed to understand was the remarkable success of Brother Rabbit in keeping out of trouble. He was obliged to identify Uncle Remus's Brother Rabbit with the rabbits that he saw occasionally on the plantation, and they were not only weak, but seemed to be very stupid. They had neither claws nor tushes nor strength of limb. He asked his mother about it, and she gave him an explanation that he had no desire to hear. He asked his grandmother, and she laughingly referred him to Uncle Remus. He can tell you about it much better than I can, she said. Thus it happened that the little boy was compelled to fall back on the most gifted fabulist that the plantation had ever known. He laid his puzzle before Uncle Remus one afternoon, when the old negro had just finished his dinner, and was therefore in a very good humor. Apparently the child had some difficulty in making clear to Uncle Remus the nature of his doubts. But after a while, he seemed to understand what the youngster wanted to know. To make sure, however, Uncle Remus stated the case as he understood it in his own simple way. If I ain't mighty much mistooken, honey, you want to know how come Brer Rabbit can outdo the yellow creeters when he ain't got no tushes, nor no claws, and not much strength. The old negro's eyes twinkled as he looked at the little boy. Well, that's the very identical thing that the tales is all about. Look like he was born little, so he can cut up capers and play pranks no matter whereabouts you put him at. What he can't do with his foots, he can do with his head. And when the head get him in trouble that's deeper than what he counted on, he puts his pendants in his foots. "'Cause that's where he keeps his lippity-clip and his blippity-blick.' The little boy brightened up, for it was the purely pictorial language that Uncle Remus sometimes used that appealed to his sense of the fitness of things. <laughs> "'Tain't been more than a good half-hour ago,' Uncle Remus casually remarked. 
that I was laughing fit to kill but the way Brer Rabbit done when he went bar hunting. He sure had his fun, no matter if he went hunting or fishing, but when he took a notion for to go a hunting old Brer Bar, he had more fun than you can shake a stick at. Some folks might not a like that kind of fun what you can have when you go bar hunting. Brer Rabbit was monstrous fond on it, cause the kind of hunting what he done was a mighty queer kind, and the fun what he get out in it was the kind what makes him laugh till he can't stand up no more than a weak old baby. But la, I speck I done made your mama mad by telling you these old timer tales so much. She looked mighty hard at me yesterday when I went up dar and asked Miss Sally for to give me a piece of pound cake if she had any left over from last Christmas.